Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. I'm Melissa Hyag, still sitting in for Michelle Martin. Hope she's recovering well at home uh, and be back with you on Monday morning, bright and cheery as she always is. But let's look at what's happened overnight. US Q2 GDP data has confirmed the US is technically in a recession. But Wall Street seems to have shrugged it off. It uh, closed up, as have the Nikkei, which has opened up this morning, and the STI, a minutes into opening, it is up around 0.64%. Now, should we also shrug off this piece of news like the markets have? Let's find out from our resident morning finesse reporter, Ryan Huang. So, Ryan, the markets so far that have opened mm. seem to have, in Asia, that is, seem to have opened opened up. They seemed almost happy to hear the news that the US is technically in a recession. Yeah, morning, Melissa. So it looks like it's a case of bad news is good news for markets. And let's take a look at what we have across the region right now. And if you look at the Australian markets, they are up by 0.8%. And in Japan, we've got markets slightly above break-even by 0.2%. And in Korea, the KOSPI is up by 0.7%. So the STI pretty much in line with the gains across the region. And this is worth noting, uh, we've been watching out for the data from the US for quite some time to see mm. whether we get a recession or not. And if you bear in mind, this is the second quarter in a row. The initial expectations or the consensus forecast was that we would have a 0.3% gain in the second quarter. Instead, we had a contraction of 0.9% quarter on quarter. So that makes it two quarters in a row that the US economy has contracted. And what that means is it is, to many people, technically a recession. And this is worth noting, we have not since 1948 had a two consecutive quarters of contraction mm. without a recession. So it's just a matter of time, or at least people are just watching, watching to see if officially we will get the policy, or at least the official agency declaring it a recession. Mm. But the catch is, um, when you think about a recession, you think about hard times, people having trouble finding jobs, mm. and job losses across many sectors. That is not really the case now per se. So they are still watching many other factors before really you know, considering if it's serious enough to declare it a recession. Mm. You know, this is Economics 101, I know, but it can be a bit confusing to people. Mm. Um, you know, they say, oh, it's a technical recession. And then you hear, you know, analysts from Moody's, from here and there and all that saying, well, actually, we don't really have a recession, you know. So it sounds to me almost like people saying, oh, I'm venturing your blood sugar. Your blood sugar numbers are high. Mm. So, you know, technically you have diabetes, but actually mm-hmm. you don't have diabetes yet. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's a factor of how good you feel overall and it can be a contribution of many factors. And we talked about the jobs market. Uh, we also talk about wages. That is still seeing a lot of support because of mm-hmm. the uh, rising costs of living and the shortage of talent in some cases. Just seeing businesses having mm-hmm. to fork out more, especially with all the disruptions happening. Many companies have had to deal with the great resignation. Mm-hmm. So that has propped up cost pressures to some extent. And of course, the war in Ukraine contributing to it. Mm. You have also the lockdowns and the shortages of some components contributing to the entire well noise. So mm-hmm. it's quite a difficult one to call right now. Mm. Um, but it does have that dimension. When you call it a recession, some mm. people 
and some companies might start to hold back on spending. Mm. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy mm. when people think, hey, it's going to be a recession. I mm-hmm. might not buy that new okay. iPhone. So, so in other words, in a way, when it's in a technical recession, it, we need not worry as much because that's a very, very mm. narrow definition of what a recession is. Whereas when we, what we need to do is to wait for a declaration, the official declaration, which takes into consideration a lot more other factors ah, so like the ones you mentioned. That's a catch. Sometimes they <laughs> take quite a bit of time before they declare it. It could be months from now and mm. sometimes even after a recession has happened, mm-hmm. they have not be calling it after the fact. So it is a very... Okay. Well, Difficult well, yeah. mix of arts okay. and art and science. Okay, there's always a catch there, isn't there? But I understand why the hesitance, perhaps, you know, hesitation uh, to make a formal declaration because, like you mentioned just now, it does affect uh, sentiment uh, mm, among mm. businesses and all that. And once, uh, you, you know, once that's affected and people start scaling, really, really scaling back too much, then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. All right, so we need not care as much for the time being, but we should still keep a close watch, right? So what are the things should we be looking out for? Okay, so the other things that have been, I guess, painting the picture of what the economic and business backdrop is like right now have been the earnings. And this week has been quite heavy with the technology companies at play, including the likes of Apple and Amazon. And this is where I think there was a bit of... um, a few bright spots for investors to cheer on. Apple and Amazon both beating expectations. And the standout here is Apple managing to pretty much navigate all the bad news, supply chain problems, talk about recession. People are still buying iPhones. Yes, I just got mine last week. (laughs) You have been responsible for helping, at least one of them, helping Apple to have a good quarter. So that's the scenario for Apple playing out. So despite the pressures from some fronts. Um, iPhone and iPad sales fared better than expected, but um, some products like Macs and wearables did fall short of projections. It also um, saw some of its services revenue just offset some of the weaker performance from other, other divisions. So your music stuff and all your recurring revenues seem to help Apple um, do better. So one to watch in terms of how Apple will do with the upcoming uh, months and Amazon doing well as well, beating okay. revenue estimates off the back of stronger than expected um, business from its cloud computing services. Mm, mm. So it seems like it has managed to be quite resilient against the backdrop of all the talk of recession. So its stock price up more than 12% in extended trading. Mm, mm. But there are also, uh, well, not so great news from, from other quarters, right? It's not all, you know, hunky-dory. So if you look at what's playing out as well in the tech space, mm. a lot has been well, talked about in terms of advertising headwinds. This is where the likes of Meta, the social media companies like Snap, um, this is something that will likely play out for quite some time when you have privacy changes. Um, that is what Apple mm. has had to mm. uh, reconfigure. So mm-hmm. less targeted advertising means mm-hmm. advertisers may just pay less for their services. Mm, mm. Advertisers are also tightening their belts as they brace for tougher times ahead. Mm. So the likes of Meta, the likes of Alphabet, and anyone else who has to rely on advertising to some degree. And mining data. See, yeah. um, yes, mining data as well. All yeah. that will come into play. Netflix itself also uh, with the change of 
work from home patterns. People mm. just wanting to travel more, mm. reallocating their spending patterns elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And Netflix lost nearly one million paying subscribers in mm. the latest quarter. Mm. Just mm. a reflection of how the good times may be over for some of them. Mm-hmm. And then I must confess that I'm actually thinking about joining the ranks of that one million who had left this year because they just sent some notification that is raising again its fees, raised mm. at least in Singapore, right? So, what are you going to be spending on instead? Good question. Maybe might, just save no, it up for no, rainy day. There are actually a, a lot of free a uh, entertainment you know, that out there. No, no, no. I, I, I think in Singapore, for me anyway, transport is so convenient. Mm. I you know, don't think I will be getting a car because right, it's right. also a depreciating asset for me. I mean, mm. I, I, I feel that you know, it's, it's not necessary. Okay. The bottom line actually is I'm not a terribly good driver. <laughs> <laughs> you did get that fancy new iPhone. Yeah. So maybe when they have a new iCar, you could get no, it. No, no, the, 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 the phone is a necessity because these days everything you know hinges on having that smartphone. Right? Mm. So I can do so much with it. I can make money with it, mm. which is important. So even though the iPhone, again, or a new gadget like a phone, for it, any phone, right? doesn't have to be Apple or whatever, uh, could also be a, a depreciating asset. True. Um, it is uh, a necessity medium. Uh, platform, whatever you call it, tool, right, for me to actually get on with my life, to make progress, to make money, like I said, you know, etc. And to communicate, very important. Yeah, yeah. And to yeah. stalk everyone else on social media. Yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> stalk them for information and knowledge. <laughs> okay, so um, let's see, before we go into the weekend, right, uh, or at, okay, before we start our trading day, <laughs> before the weekend, what else do you think is uh, important for us to take note of? Okay, on the table is the earnings from UOB just out this morning. This is the first bank out of the gates for Singapore to report their numbers. And let's walk through the headline numbers first. Mm -hmm. We have second quarter net profit for UOB up Mm -hmm. 11% to $1.1 billion. And this is off the back of improving margins as well as trading and investment income seeing a bit of recovery. Mm. So it is seeing a rather good second quarter. And if you look at the interim dividend, it comes through at 60 cents for the first half of the financial year. So that's a payout ratio of 50%. And if you look at some of the takeaways, uh, we are seeing the CEO, Wee Chong saying that the bank delivered stable profits, mm-hmm. lifted by higher than expected net interest income. We've seen the rising interest mm-hmm. rates, mm-hmm. Um, more active balance sheet management. And it sees the rising interest rate environment continuing to boost its margins for the year. As a reflection of that, net interest income was up 18% year on year in the latest quarter. And that was off the back of healthy loan growth. So that's an indication of how businesses are in on some form or to some extent normalizing and going back to just picking up some projects and borrowing money. Um, then if you look at the net interest margin, the spread or the profits it makes from loans, that is going up as well, rising 11% to 1.67%. And when we talk about loans, it grew by 8%. Uh, what's worth noting is um, there was a bit of higher allowance when it comes to non-performing loans. So that's up to 1.7% for non-performing loans ratio from 1.5% the same period last year. And what's worth noting is it's also in the news, UOB, for suing 
a Chinese developer, Shumang Group Holdings, and four other of its units have been sued by UOB in Hong Kong. And this is all around apparently how Shumao has been quite naughty with not, I guess, following the rules of his mm, loan agreements, mm. just reallocating some of those loans to other units uh, without the consent of UOB. So that is uh, something that's underway and involves around 1.3 billion US dollars in terms of loans. So mm. something that is likely to be in focus for investors. But for now, it looks like the banks, uh, or at least the investors, are liking the latest report card from UOB and its share price is up 0.1% right now at $28 and 29 cents. Now, you mentioned normalizing, right? How about those results from SIA yesterday? Yeah, I guess a reflection of uh, revenge travel. Are you traveling anytime soon? Uh, not yet. No, I'm still trying to look at a certain day because, you know, as much as I love my fellow Singaporeans, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at, you know, the period when uh, we're not expecting a, a huge throng, you know, Singaporeans going out because then, you know, doesn't make a difference whether you stay in Singapore. Ah, so outside, you're one right? of those who travel overseas when it's National Day. I used to be. I used to be. But this time around, I think because of all that revenge traveling, yep. I'm going to hold back because I actually do have tickets uh, to a certain, you know, nearby uh, uh, Asian country, uh, you know, to holiday during the National Day period. But because I think there'll be a lot of Singaporeans going out, I'm just going to, you know, hold back for a bit, wait for that huge, you know, wave to, to kind of slow down a bit and then I'll get out. Yeah, again. Melissa, don't cancel yeah. your Netflix account just yet. So you might need it for the near future. So look uh-huh. at SIA's results. First yes. quarter net profit. Yes, very nice. $370 million. That is after a 14-fold increase in passenger traffic. No surprise because everyone wants to travel. So it swings back to profit with the back of the, uh, on, the, on the back of the passenger traffic improving. So a huge improvement from the loss of $409 million in the first quarter mm. a year earlier when mm. more than two-thirds of his revenue was from cargo. Mm. So, normalizing to some extent. Yes. What do you think its um, dividend plans might be? Well, it is the early days, right? Because it has gone through so much in the past few years and there is still so much uncertainty of what's happening in China. Okay. Not everyone's reopening yet. And to some extent, you should or at least could be expecting mm. SIA to be conservative when it mm. comes to paying dividends. So that is likely to be the tune for the foreseeable future until things really go back yeah. to the old, good yeah. old days yeah. when you probably don't need to wear a mask on board. <laughs> okay, that's a good reminder because, you know, if anyone's waiting for that uh, SIA dividends or any of his investors for pocket an extra pocket money during this period, well, you know, wait a little longer, probably, likely. <laughs> okay, well, Ryan, plans for your weekend? I am actually going to be making plans for my upcoming holiday, which is to Disneyland in LA. So if, if any <gasps> tips or hacks or no, just any you know, useful information for me to get by, just uh, pop me a message or let Melissa know. Maybe she <laughs> will pass it on to me. Pop you a message where? Oh, on Instagram. So uh, that's the easiest place to find me, ryanhuang.sg. RyanHuang.sg. Okay, so you've got tips and you know tricks about uh, how to navigate your way in Disneyland, Tokyo, uh, uh, no, Los Angeles, L- LA in particular. Uh, do let Ryan know. So thanks, Ryan, for as always, you know, for your company in the morning. It's nice to not start alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome, Melissa. Hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Happy weekend, Ryan.
There was a market view from Ryan Huang, our morning resident finance reporter. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.